Welcome to the Roast Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Connie Blumhart, founder and publisher of Roast Magazine. Roast dives deep into the technical, sensory, and business aspects of the coffee industry, offering insights and expertise on the latest developments and trends to keep you informed. Today, we have an exceptional episode in store for you. We have the pleasure of speaking to Gregory Ward, owner and founder of Bridge City Coffee, and Evan Ilizada, Director of Green Coffee and their Texas Waco operations. Today, we're talking about their big Roaster of the Year win in the Micro Roaster category for 2024. So, without further ado, let's welcome Greg and Evan to the Roast Podcast. Congratulations on winning Roaster of the Year. Can you give our listeners some background on the story behind Bridge City Coffee and how you got started? Sure, we'd love to do that. Thank you for having us on. This is uh, this is really exciting. We're happy to be here. Grateful to be here. So, um, re- really pumped. But yeah, giving some backstory on Bridge City. Um, it was uh, I don't know how many coffee journeys. If we're honest, start with Starbucks. Like I mean, I hear that so many times. But that that's where my coffee journey started. And it, as it was not a one stop destination, it uh, did not end there. Thankfully but kept going. And uh, I learned about specialty coffee in Denver uh, when my wife and I lived there. And this was the, like around 2011, 12. So, um, you know, Denver was a uh, pretty progressive in, in that scene and it was well entrenched there. So it was a, it was really cool to learn from some amazing people and roasters. And uh, the two primary ones that I began to learn about industry and how it was distinct um, and what made it unique was uh, Scott Byington with Queen City Coffee. He was the first one that opened my eyes to relational sourcing and how with uh, being a, a, a coffee roaster, you could have a real relationship with everyone on the supply chain. And they were doing some incredible things to try to minimize pe- unnecessary people out of the supply chain that were just in it to make money off of other people. And so that I, I love that approach, like caring for people and not at the cost of their lives. So that that was just a, a spark in my mind, like, oh, wow, you can do some really amazing things with, with this business or, or with this industry. <clears throat> the second one was Purple Door Coffee in Denver. And they employ previously homeless youth and take them through training. It's a year-long program and uh, give them a resume, job skills, um, and just help them on the road to being uh, living a, a, a life on their own. And and then that was where I learned that coffee could be used, the employment ask, aspect of it, as a vehicle for impact, um, not only on individuals' lives, but in a community. And um, I was doing business leadership consulting at the time and uh, and uh, was fascinated with leadership. So all those things kind of combined and um, I had the idea, like, what if I started this organization that um, in, 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 as, in the best sense possible, like redeemed work. So I, I was very passionate about that, too, is where we spend a third of our waking hours. It's like, what if we could create something in a, in an industry, the service industry that historically commoditizes people and just churns them through terrible mental health in the industry or mental people's mental health is not cared for in the industry. And they're treated as just cogs in a bigger wheel. What if we could start something in that industry that uh, provided a place where they actually wanted to go to work and, and empowered them and 
help them understand their value rather than degrading their value. Mm-hmm. And it was really important to me too that that did not come at the cost of anybody else's well-being in the supply chain, which coming full circle back around what I learned with Queen City, you can have real relationships or at a minimum know that you are paying well above industry average and um, providing farmers with a, a sustainable livelihood and so therefore not compromising anybody's supply chain along the way. Um, so that that's the short of it. And the, the goal of Bridge City is our mission statement is to build value and hope in people through coffee. So it's really purposefully constructed. Building is an action word. We're wanting them to understand their worth and value. Um, hope is believing that they are worth having a better future. So equipping them with that belief that then they're like, oh, wait, things can be better. My life could be better. I want it to be better. Um, and then we do that through the avenue of coffee. Um, so yeah, that, that's uh, the quick, I don't know if that's two minutes or 10 minutes. I don't have a timer going, but sorry if that was too long. <laughs> no, not too long at all. Like when I read the Roaster of the Year article that came out in Roast Magazine in November, December, I just, I can't believe all, like your entire, I, I call it give back. Your give back strategy to the world is really amazing. And I don't really know how you've done it in such a short amount of time. That's very, very impressive. Very thank you for the thank you for the kind words. Uh, short of how it's happened in a short amount of time is uh, divine provision combined with like I mean like our team is incredible. Like a, it has to have a group of people in a community around us even to support that that believe in and making it happen. So that that's the short answer there. There's a lot of good people involved. Um, all right. So micro roasters often have a unique approach to coffee. What makes Bridge City distinct in terms of your roasting philosophy and your mission? As a micro roaster, I feel like we have a lot of freedom in our approach, uh, but that freedom really aligns with who we are as in as a as a business because we we really value the people that we work with and we want to uh, highlight their gifts. And uh, I think particularly for our lead roaster, Brandon, he's the type of person that is very creative. And we want to we want him to explore that creativity, uh, not just on a canvas. He, I mean, he's an artist, and so he creates some incredible uh, paintings, and you can see that on his uh, through his Instagram feed. But uh, I mean, as uh, he's also a poet, um, so he writes beautiful poetry. But we want to see that creativity uh, fleshed out in what he's doing uh, as he roasts coffee. So. Uh, the Diedrich is his canvas and uh, he has the opportunity to be able to um, learn and grow in what he's doing, uh, express his creativity. And we give him that freedom to do that. And and I think, uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't really uh, had to think about what is it going to look like when we grow and we're a macro roaster and we have, several um, more than two roasters in the business what, what are we going to do we've had the uh the light to just watch him uh as what we say he's the mad scientist we, we we've had the the light to just see him create some beautiful roasting profiles so um we want to help him to, to become the best version of himself and that's one thing that we we talk about with all of our employees is becoming the best version of yourself and and how can i come alongside him in the process so i'm a roaster as well 
And I learned a lot from him. I've been roasting for a little over two years now. And so we feed off each other. I, I roast in a, in a very different manner, um, but it, it encourages a lot of, of uh, conversations where we challenge each other, we learn from each other. And it's just that uh, growth mentality in the business as well. And so um, our approach is really allowing him to have his creative flow. And then I just come alongside him and ask questions and we could talk about what can we do better? Uh, how do you feel about this? And, and we can make tweaks where we need to. So, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great to just allow him that freedom. Evan, Evan said it in, in a beautiful way. I think to, to expound a little bit more on a piece of that to the question of um, what makes our approach distinct for our roasting philosophy and, and mission it, it really is how can we use coffee roasting, like Evan said, to bring out the best in Brandon and then to help our uh, the rest of our team understand how much work went into that coffee, not from a don't waste this coffee. You know, like, like we don't want waste, but you know, often um, in service industry, restaurant, whatever, it's like don't waste this product. Wasting it is wasting money, which, again, that is necessary to a certain degree. But we want them to understand how much work went into those beans from the start of the farming process all the way through to roasting. And so understanding that they're holding, like Evan said, like they are holding a piece of art. And it's, it's just – you can honor the far, farmer by honoring the bean at the end process there. So that that's, uh, I think, a little bit of a unique approach. The other thing, and Brandon said this in the article, and he's very open about it, and that's why I'm going to say it, is it's, it's no secret, and he's proud of it. He's neurodivergent, and so it's, it's uh, his learning how Evan was saying, like, Roasting is is a can DJ or the roaster is a canvas and he can uh, bring out all this beautiful art through it. So it's not just about coffee, bottom line, all that. Like those things are necessary for any business, but we those are a means to a greater end. And I think Brandon is a huge testament to our unique approach and and what happens when you care about somebody and you invest in them that they they do things that you can never imagine and that I could never do that Evan could never do. And so it's uh, I think yeah, yep. Nice. It's a really amazing approach to a business, actually. All right, let's talk about coffee, um, the green coffee. Sourcing is a critical aspect of crafting exceptional coffee. Can you describe your approach to sourcing green coffee? And do you have any notable partnerships with coffee producers that you want to share with us? Well, our, our most basic approach to green buying is, and we've said, we've kind of said this throughout already, is that we we refuse to commoditize anybody along the supply chain, um, and that's, I mean, if if I'm describing to um, to customers at the local farmers market in Waco, tell me about how you get green coffee, or is this organic, or you know, just all the questions they have is, first of all, I want you to know that we care about the farmers, that we care about fair wages what they're making at the end of the end of the day and their livelihood is really important to us. And as a smaller business, we, there's some challenges for us. I mean, we, uh, to live out our, our mission thoroughly, there's some challenges to that. And we, we focus heavily on, uh, our staff and our baristas in, in-house and uh, all of our employees, but, uh, that's, we don't want 
there to be a cost um, at any level uh, along the supply chain. So we, uh, one of our friends in the industry, Danielle, Danielle Mendoza with Cropster has mm-hmm. always encouraged us to uh, find organizations that are all about empowering farmers. And, and that that's really our pursuit is, is if we're going to partner with you at a very base level, you have to align with our values and our mission, the things that we care about. And so we, we pursue those organizations and, and there's a lot of good ones that are doing the work. And that's important to say is because I think there's a lot of pressure on um, having those relationships with farmers, you doing the work with them directly. Um, when in fact, there's a lot of great organizations that are putting the effort into helping farmers create or have better crops year to year, uh, having sustainable practices uh, to be able to help them process their coffees or give them financial assistance, uh, agronomy education. And so those that's my approach is to look at those organizations that are doing the work and how can we come alongside what you're doing so that in no way can we feel like we have not we have um, not done the work of elevating farmers uh, along the supply chain. Yeah, one thing I'd add to that is, you know, we've talked a lot about impact and, and human relationships, and uh, I, and we'll get, we'll say more about it, I'm sure, as we go on. And you you all did a wonderful job of portraying this in the article, but none of this is at the cost of an excellent product. And so I, th- I think what I want to emphasize is that when we're looking for green coffee or when we are uh, making a drink in our shops, whatever it is, is I think it's, it's you know, it takes talent, but there are a lot of people that make good products at the cost of other people. And so that that's just why we we focus so much on that is there's, a, there's some excellent coffee out there, but if it's compromising the life of a farmer, we don't want it. And the same thing with making a, a drink or how we operate in our shops. If it compromises the well-being or uh, mental health of our employees, we're not we're not going to demand that out of them. Um, one one really cool example of uh, an an excellent farm um, relationship we have is um, out of it was one of the coffees we sent in uh, for the competition. Um, but uh, her name is Katarine, we'll call her Kat, and Kat Gutierrez, and they they have a family farm, and it's just it's just amazing, out of Colombia. Um, really cool techniques, and um, we met at Expo in 2019, um, and she didn't speak English at the time, and so we were, like, yeah. using Google Translate to, to talk back and forth, and she handed me this sample. It was of a red whoosh, 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 and that it has been my favorite coffee I've ever tried, but that was the beginning of our relationship. And so it's, um, this is really cool how you can have personal relationships with farmers. It doesn't work with all, depending on the country of origin or how um, technological advanced or not the farm system or the people are, but it's really cool to be able to FaceTime or or text with a lot of them and not just uh, these um, one, uh, one or two conversations per year, but like actual relationships. Uh, Building a loyal customer base is essential for any coffee business. Can you share some of your strategies for connecting with and retaining your customers? You know, as a business, you have to make a choice. Do you do you have a product and an identity and then find your target market? Do you identify a target market and then cater a product to them? And we 
we kind of went about that in a different way where it was, we're going to build this business on relationship. And again, we're broken record with that, but that's because it's true through and through with who we are and what we do. And so at that point, it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of overlooked people in the, in the specialty industry. And especially back when we started, it was just like, if you didn't speak a certain way or know how to order or say a pour over, whatever, you know, there's just a whole neglected big group of people who didn't know all the terms and jargon, but would appreciate it. And so we just wanted to have an excellent product and be approachable. So I think um, building a loyal customer base started there. It's like with the approachability, we don't want to be off-putting. If you don't know what drink you want, then we'll help you navigate through that. And I th- in, if they ordered a Starbucks drink with a Starbucks lingo, it's like, hey, uh, what do you what what do you mean by that? What are you looking? And, you know, just like talking them through, asking questions to where we could arrive on a drink that we do have. And so I think more people that caught on to that really appreciated the approachability. And, um, and then we do the way that we try to engage that or online or any, anywhere is just through relationship. A relationship with online customers looks vastly different than it does with in-shop customers, but, uh, we, we still try to do it, you know, with newsletters, whatever other ways we can engage them online. Um, yeah, I think, I think we've been very fortunate that through that, a lot of our loyal fan or customer base, they, they care about relationship too. And so there's a natural reciprocity there. Evan, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I would just say for uh, Waco operations, it, it's fun to interact with uh, my, so I, I'm just set up at the farmer's market right now, and that's my means to sell retail. And And I think the way um, that I do it is just by showing up. And mm-hmm. I don't particularly like setting up for markets and breaking down. I don't like doing that work, <laughs> but it is so important to show up all the time and, and to have a presence. And I think that's an important part of, uh, building that, uh, you know, building that, those relationships in the community to say, I'm, I'm here for these relationships. I, I'm, I want to give you, uh, an excellent bag of coffee that you're going to enjoy at home. And I want to serve you, but I'm here, I'm here for this community and I'm going to be here. Yeah. I think the last thing I'd say on that is, um, the que- part of the question was because you share some strategies for connecting with and retaining your customers. I think the we 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 co-hosted a a panel on diversity, equity, and inclusion this past weekend with the Color of Coffee Collective, which was phenomenal. And somebody asked a similar question about they were starting a new business, like how what would you advise on that? And same thing here. It's you got to know who you are and be confident in who you are, because that's, that's what will keep customers coming back is, is, and that will go down, trickle down to your employees, like encourage them to be who they are. So don't try to be another business. Don't get caught up in looking all around you and seeing what other businesses mm-hmm. are doing. You need to be aware, but you don't need to build your business based on what they are doing or not doing. And because if you're doing that, you're not really paying attention to your customer at that point, you're paying attention to your competitors um, and it will, people will begin to realize that they're like, oh, they don't really care about me. So, you know, it's knowing who you are and then giving that to your customers authentically. 100%. Yeah, I agree. It's easy to get caught up in what your competitors are doing, but it's much more important to stay focused on your roadmap, I think. Yes. Yeah. Or you said that way more succinctly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What advice would you give to other aspiring microroasters who are looking to make a name for themselves in the specialty coffee world? 
I actually, <laughs> if I could just put words into Evan's mouth, I think you, you actually were saying, I really appreciated you saying you need to show up. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. And there's lots of things in life that we don't want to do. Like you said, you don't like to set up for those farmers markets. I don't like to set up for trade shows, but I still <laughs> make myself go and show up and be present for the community. It's really important. I love that you said that and that Evan said that because I'm not kidding. Like I am, I'm going to write a book and the, the title's already been taken. So I'm going to have to come, come up with, but that is a theme in my life is showing up. Because what happened, like, I'll give a brief side note that will, that will tie back into answering this question. Um, my mom passed away when I was young, and she was a disciplinarian in our family. And so my dad, after that, like, just was, like, discipline went out the window. Um, and, you know, that's a whole other rabbit trail. But when I was going to college, uh, high school, I didn't try academically. Um, I did what I was, I was smart enough to get by, uh, but didn't apply effort. And so when I was going to college, he pretty much said, promise me one thing, promise me that you will show up to class. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And the more I showed up at class, the less I wanted to be the unprepared idiot in class. <laughs> but I made a commitment to my dad to show up. It was like, well, I, if I'm going to show up, I guess I'm going to try to show up well. And that that became so central to who I am and, and why Bridge City is here, is that if you just show up, that's half the battle. And then if you continue to show up, then you'll want to improve naturally. You, if Because if you're committed to showing up, you don't just want to show up and be the worst or, or you know. Um, and that's how I met Brandon. I was having a dark day. So this comes back around to um, <clears throat> uh, new businesses or inspiring micro roasters or anyone in the business world. I was having a dark day about six months into after we just started the business. So brand new business. And if you've ever started one, you know, that can be the darkest time because the excitement has worn off and you're like, oh, crap, like what what mm -hmm. have I done? I need so much more generated what's going on right now. And I, I didn't know what to do, but I, I just had this kind of premonition is like, just get out of bed and show up. And it's like, OK, well, where am I going to show up? And, you know, there's no clear answer. So I go to this coffee shop that I would frequent and I just started journaling about the difficulty of that day and that theme and this guy walks by holding a Diedrich Bonhoeffer painting. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's my boy, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He's my life hero. So I, I went over and started chatting with him. And I was like, Hey, that's Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Right. And he's like, yeah, we can start chatting. And it turns out he's been in the coffee industry for a long time, but had been out and of it for a while, but wanted to get back in, but had applied many places and, and couldn't get a job for, um, for a variety of reasons that weren't his fault. And so I was like, hey, well, we, we just started this roastery. Why don't you come down and, and check us out and just, we can just hang. So that was the start of, of working with Brandon. He was our first hire over five years ago. Um, but that all came from showing up. So coming back to your question, I fully agree with Evan and, and you, Connie, pointing that out is, is if you show up, you've won half the battle. So keep showing up um, and then surround yourself with people who will encourage you to show up and sometimes drag you out of bed when you can't show up. Uh, you cannot do it alone. And so it's figuring out your team, your tribe, whatever you call it, but those people that are going to be through the thick and thin with you. Yeah, 100%. And last question, what has been the most rewarding aspect of your coffee journey? Evan, how about you tee that one off? I'll, I'll wrap it up. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I have to say that it's – I. I'm particularly honing in on the coffee roasting part of it, but uh, I love 
my relationship with Brandon. Um, and I think it's anytime you encounter a soft spoken person, you maybe you think that that person doesn't have a lot to say or that uh, you just don't know uh, what kind of knowledge they actually have. And yet Brandon is uh, he's deep and uh, he's the, he's the kind of guy that uh, has so much experience and knowledge that uh, I gain from, from day to day. And so, uh, so we're, we're learning from each other. We're growing as roasters, but, Beyond that, it's I just love to have conversations with him, and so I've I've been surprised by the uh, by that in so many ways. Is that uh, when we have a conversation, it, it's more than coffee roasting; it's about life. Uh, it's about how are you doing, and uh, I I know you had a particularly hard week because our business is growing, but how are you doing, and and uh, and just being able to. Uh, be there for each other. So I, I'm just pleasantly surprised by the people of Bridge City, uh, my relationship with Brandon and uh, the employees there, because it's it's taught me that it, you know, it, it's more than just bringing an excellent product to um, um, to customers. It's it's not less than that, but it's a lot more than that as well, because we. We want to be there for each other. We're gonna. We want to help each other along in a, along the process of uh, how can I help you uh, build your resume? How can I help you grow in life? How how can I just um, how I want to be a person that you can lean on when you're struggling. Um, so I I just love the relational aspect of it and uh, of this business and particularly with the employees of Bridge City. That's beautiful, man. I. The motivation from this for Bridge City, I, I told you how it came about from like the coffee perspective and in that arc. As I was doing leadership consulting and, and studying that day in and day out, I, I was just fascinated with leadership and what it is and what it is not, what makes the best leaders. Um, and what I came down to is that the best leaders know how to lead who they're leading the way they need to be led. They don't, they don't just stick to their style and then, you know, find people that fall underneath that. Um, they know who they are, but they, they can accommodate to, to lead someone the way they need to, to be led for growth. And the other thing is doing that for, for their benefit, the people they're leading and the benefit of society as a whole. I think that's what defines the best leaders and they draw the best in the people they're leading. And so the other thing I discovered was that through work, if you provide people with purpose, uh, uh, you know, connecting their work to something greater and bigger than themselves, and then a sense of value that they are valued and they matter. I mean, that unlocks so much just joy in their lives and, and productivity. And so the dream was, can, could a business be built on those principles for those principles, not using them uh, for some nefarious gain or like, cause you know, businesses all the time know this, but it's, it's so that they can produce more out of their people, not really for their people's benefit. So the, the question in my mind is, could we start a business for that? Um, and so though it has been years of, I mean, goodness gracious, I can, I can tell you how many times I've cried and broken down doing this, but I mean, that is worth it in itself that there are enough people that believe in that and believe in, um, just a self-sacrificial type of 
showing up to where they want their coworkers to succeed. They want the people people they're leading to succeed, and and all you know whatever direction it's going in the org chart. Um, there's there's a lot of people that that really want that to happen, and and so I think that alone has been one of the most rewarding things to me. Again, and that we're establishing relationships along the supply chain all the way through. Um, yeah, yeah, and can I just uh, add to that? I mean, I, well, I think Greg kind of said it, but I think there's a subtle difference in society. I think people are understanding that you have to invest into your employees. But it's more utilitarian is you, you do that because you you get a good product or you get, uh, yeah, you, know, you get more out of your employees when you do that. And I think the, the, the subtle difference in that versus what we do is actually we we think it's the right thing to do to care for your employees, uh, not just because you want to get more from them, but because they matter. They already matter. And we can't take that from them. I just want to say that you both are so inspirational the company your story everything is very inspiring and uh you really do you i mean you make me want to be a better person a better employer um and i thank you for sharing your story um thank you for being here today and congratulations on winning roaster of the year yes but thank you so much for the opportunity we're we're so incredibly grateful um to, to be doing this with you all right now. I mean, it is a dream come true. So thank you very much. Well, the pleasure's ours. We're happy to share your story. To learn more about Bridge City Coffee, read the full article in the November-December issue of Roast, available at roastmagazine.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your support means the world to us. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, cheers! <laughs>